pause to consider. The podcast where you put your busy day on pause to consider spiritual encouragement and wisdom on your walk towards God's kingdom. Thanks for joining me. I'm Sam Taylor, here to get you thinking about the Word of God. Imagine that you're going to buy a drink from your local store. As you're about to pay, you find two seemingly identical coins in your pocket you could pay with. The only difference you can see is the year the coins were minted. Now let's say you're an avid coin collector, and you realize the older coin has a composition of 90% silver, while the newer coin is made from a nickel alloy. Which coin would you use to pay for your drink? You'd probably pay with the coin made of nickel alloy and keep the more valuable silver coin for yourself. After all, why pay more for that drink when the less valuable coin is just as accepted as the more valuable one? This hypothetical situation is an example of Gresham's Law, named for 16th century English financier Sir Thomas Gresham, but theorized in ancient Greece nearly 2,000 years earlier. This law simply states, bad money drives out good. What does that mean? If two coins with the same face value are in circulation together, the more valuable of the two will eventually disappear from circulation as people capitalize on the coin's potential to be worth more than its face value. This economic principle can be extrapolated to many human interactions, from business operations to common social exchanges. Just as two coins are valued differently based on their composition, there are behaviors and practices that we assign different values to based on their quality. In an environment where bad behaviors and practices are presented as equal to good behaviors and practices, bad drives out the good as the currency of choice. Gresham's law has been at work for as long as people have been around. Even in biblical times, where rigorous standards were enforced, people passed off substandard offerings as acceptable to the priests. But God noticed, and didn't stay silent. Listen to his sharp rebuke to the people of Judah in Malachi 1, verses 6-14. through 14. A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear? says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests, who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? By offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor? Says the Lord of hosts. And now entreat the favor of God that he may be gracious to us. With such a gift from your hand, will he show favor to any of you? Says the Lord of hosts. Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the doors, that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering from your hand. For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations, and in every place incense will be offered to my name and the pure offering." 
For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. But you profane it when you say that the Lord's table is polluted and its fruit, that is, its food, may be despised. But you say, what a weariness this is, and you snort at it, says the Lord of hosts. You bring what has been taken by violence or is lame or sick, and this you bring as your offering. Shall I accept that from your hand, says the Lord? Cursed be the cheat who has a male in his flock and vows it, and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. Some Israelites wrongly believed the lack of immediate divine punishment for not upholding God's standard for worship meant the standard was no longer enforced, and therefore God must be okay with anything they did under the guise of worship. This flawed notion that God's expectations either changed or didn't exist anymore allowed for Gresham's law to manifest itself under the Mosaic law. When under the assumption that God valued a blemish sacrifice, symbolic of a morally flawed life, as much as he valued the unblemished sacrifice, pointing forward towards Christ's sinless life, the Israelites kept the best for themselves and offered God their leftovers. Whenever they promised God the best of the flock only to give an unacceptable sacrifice instead, they robbed him of what he really wanted, the best of their hearts and minds. We've got to ask ourselves, do we do the same in our daily worship? How often do we trick ourselves into thinking that we're giving God our best just by going through the motions at Sunday service? When we promise to love God with all our hearts and minds only to give him far less, we're pulling true worship out of circulation for our own personal benefit. Meanwhile, empty religion becomes a dominant currency among believers when it appears God's standard is no longer being upheld. It's key that we remember our efforts to glorify God must come at a personal cost. King David realized this when seeking God's forgiveness in 1 Chronicles 21, verses 22 through 27. And David said to Ornan, Give me the site of the threshing floor that I may build on it an altar to the Lord. Give it to me at its full price, that the plague may be averted from the people. Then Ornan said to David, Take it, and let my lord the king do what seems good to him. See, I give the oxen for burnt offerings, and the threshing sledges for the wood, and the wheat for a grain offering. I give it all. But King David said to Ornan, No, but I will buy them for the full price. I will not take for the Lord what is yours, nor offer burnt offerings that cost me nothing. So David paid Ornan six hundred shekels of gold by weight for the sight. And David built there an altar to the Lord and presented burnt offerings and peace offerings and called on the Lord. And the Lord answered him with fire from heaven upon the altar of burnt offering. Then the Lord commanded the angel, and he put his sword back into its sheath. God has sent us the perfect example of giving him our best in his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Following Jesus' example must be more involved than being marked present for roll call. It needs to cost us our time, our energy, and our resources available to us because Christ gave everything to God. 
even his life. If our so-called sacrifices cost us nothing, then our religion isn't worth anything. Now, this isn't to say that we need to be at our all-time best every day. That's not sustainable. Sometimes, just being present is an acceptable sacrifice, if that's all we can offer. What's important to remember is that God gets to decide what's good enough for him, not us. While it's easy to think God is silent about these things, he's always speaking through the Bible so we can learn and encourage each other about what truly pleases him, doing justice, loving mercy, and walking humbly. And we can avoid the failings of the priests that turned a blind eye to blemish offerings by not just reading the word, but by making room for it to work for us and through us in our lives to God's glory. This means making time for prayer. This means checking in on others in your community. This means giving to God the time that you might otherwise just spend on yourself. Now imagine that for every decision you make, you have two coins that you can use to pay for that choice. One represents your very best, and the other represents what's left over. Which one will you give to God? Which one will you keep for yourself? The choice is yours alone. To help you make that decision to give God your best, let's reflect on Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24, which we'll close our time with today. Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. I want to thank you for joining me for another episode on Pause to Consider. If you found this devotion helpful, I hope you share it with your friends and your loved ones. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to Pause to Consider on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcasts. If you have any thoughts or feedback, I'd love to hear it. You can email me at pause to consider podcast at gmail.com, and you can also follow the Pause to Consider Facebook and Instagram pages. But above everything else, I hope this was helpful for you today. And I pray that God will continue to bless you until we meet again. Whether it's during the next devotion, or whether it's in God's kingdom. God bless. Thank you for listening to Pause to Consider. I'm Levi, and I wanted to be sure you've heard about a few other podcasts in the WCF network. I am actually one of the co-hosts on a show called A Little Faith, where we explore faith breakdowns and buildups with different people who have very powerful stories to tell. That's A Little Faith. Tom and Naomi are exploring how we interact in our ecclesial relationships in From the Platform. It's a very in-depth series that is incredibly helpful for understanding and developing compassion and better listening practices. You can find both of those wherever you get your podcasts or our website, wcfoundation.org slash podcasts. Have a great week.